Welcome to the Set Yourself Free podcast, real stories from ending emotional abuse and taking your life back. I'm your host, Carrie Beach, owner of Set Yourself Free. I'm a life and success coach that believes we all have limitless potential within us if we have the right tools and support. Trauma or past hurt might be a part of your story, but it doesn't have to be the entire story. We all have different versions of what freedom means, and I'm here to help you unlock your perfect version of it. Join us for season two, where we follow four extremely courageous women who share their stories of what it actually takes to get to the other side of trauma and abuse. Through their stories, you will know that you are not alone, that shame only grows in secret, and that it does get better on the other side. By hearing their stories, you will gain insight, tools, and practical ways that you can access the power inside of you. All of the magic is waiting for you, and we simply need to tap into it. These women will give you the courage and strength to find your freedom. Let's dive in. What did you give up on your journey, and how did you handle it? Olivia. Well, I think I had to give up the negative self-talk and the blame. Mm. I had to give up um, taking responsibility for everything that happened. Mm. Um, I also had to give up a lot of control. Like I remember when everything first happened, I was like, I'm taking the kids full time. I'm taking this. I'm taking this. Like I was trying to just like control everything because I felt such a loss of control after like mostly the family breakdown. Yeah. Um, and ultimately I had, I, I, I couldn't like function like that. So then I had to slowly start kind of releasing some of the control I was taking and, you know, over my life, over the kid's life, over the relationship with my ex and say like, what, do, what do I actually need? What do my children actually need? And what does this like, partnership, even though it didn't look like it used to look, what does this actually need? And some of it was out of my control, you know, like I realized I couldn't, I didn't feel like I had to keep the kids from their dad. You know, I didn't feel like I had to punish him forever, like to make myself feel better. And so I I really had to release a lot of control and, and, and give that up along the way. Mm. Um, and I had to give up like the, the idea I had in my head that like, we were going to be a family and we were going to get married and his like weird behavior patterns were just because he was a little bit younger than me or, you know, whatever excuses I made up. Like I had to really, I knew at this point, I'm like, well, if I ever get married, it's going to be to someone else. If I ever have any more kids, they're going to be someone else's. And like, thinking about that whole thing of like, oh my God, I'm going to be a single mother. I'm going to eventually have to like date someone else or raise someone else's children, have this blended family. Like I, that was never like what I thought my life was going to look like. So that was definitely something I had to let go of, which still like pains me sometimes, but. Of course. And I think that that's also what more people need to hear. And if more people were willing to talk about that, because I think regardless of what the story is, everyone can relate to having a picture in their head of what they think life is supposed to look like at a certain point. 
And yeah, I can relate to it not being that. <laughs> right. And that's, it's still hard. Like dating now is still like very confusing. Cause I'm like, how do we put these pieces together? And then like, you're going to have these kids and I'm going to have these kids and we're going to have more kids. And what, like, this is so confusing. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened to just like the, you know, two parents who are married with their two kids and their nice house. And like, none of that's ever going to be my reality now. Like literally. Right. I'm never going to be with that man again. We're never going to get married. We're never going to live in the same home. We're never going to have a solid family, traditional family unit. Yeah. And more often than not, that's people's stories today. (laughs) Yeah. So then I try to make it fun and I'm like, okay, like (laughs) we can have all these kids and it's going to be like the Brady Bunch and like, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm like, all right, I guess I get every other weekend off to like do whatever I want. Like I'm trying to like make the best of it. Um, But you know, it was never the picture in my head. Right. Well, and I I can't think of a person alive that if they're honest, like actually has what they thought they would have. I think oftentimes it's better because we learn and we grow and we figure out perspective. But if you had asked like 10 years before, if you thought you'd be where you are now, it's like, of course not. Right. Right. And that's, there's good and and bad to that. Right. Like if you asked me 10 years ago, if I would be like running this company, I would have been like, what? Like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) What does that mean? You know? So I don't even know if you asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have said I would never have kids, you know, like, so. Yeah. Shelby. What did I have to give up on my journey and how did I handle it? Oh, my heart just (laughs) kind of dropped into my belly a little. When you asked that, I just felt a lot of grief. Um, I think joy and play. I think I missed a lot of opportunities for joy, play, and connection and friendship uh, because I was so armored for so long and I was so scared of making mistakes. I was really addicted to perfectionism. And so if I did anything wrong in a friendship, you know, I would melt down out of shame and terror that something really bad would happen. And so I, I just kept a lot of distance between myself and others. And, uh, I was pretty lonely and in that place where there's not a lot of social connection and a lot of fear, this is quite a recipe for not much joy, even though I super, super longed for it. Um, but yeah, I was, I was very depressed for a long time because I was just so shut down and, and really, really scared, just stuck in a chronic physical fear pattern in my body where it was just kind of, um, leaned over with my shoulders covering my heart and my gut sucked in and my solar plexus felt like it was sucker punched. And I just like walked through the world ready for, to get like re sucker punched again. And so Well, I did. I mean, from the outside, my life looks epic. It always has. It's always looked gorgeous. You know, I grew up in a beautiful house on a lake with like big parties and famous people around, you know, just like it looked gorgeous. I was like 
a highly competitive horse rider, as you know, and I got to play with my horse six days a week and the people at the barn. And I think it actually made it worse because I felt horrible on the inside, but my life looked so good. And so many people were jealous of my life Mm -hmm. and I felt guilty for the amount of privilege I had and that wow, I like, how could I feel this bad if Mm. my life looks so beautiful? And so I think I missed out on really getting to experience the beautiful things that were there in my life that were given to me, that were right in front of me um, in a way that would have been so nourishing. And yeah, I feel sad saying that because I know that there was a lot that I could have taken in if I wasn't so shut down and scared. And yet I just, I look at that with such compassion from an outside perspective of saying like, of course, of course you were so shut down. Of course you weren't available for embracing all that goodness that was right in front of you, you know? And I think that we are always our worst critics and the hardest on ourselves. And so it's always easier from somebody else's perspective to be like, of course, of course you were shut down, of course, right? But like really understanding your, and you know this, right? Like the trauma you experienced, of course you were living that way. And so the gift now is that you get to share your story and you get to help other people heal in such a magical way that you wouldn't be able to if you didn't have those experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the gift is definitely that and and more and like my partner that I'm with now, I was with 15 years ago and we haven't been together the whole time, all those 15 years, like then in the middle and now, and the reflections I get from like how defended I was, how scared I was, how shut down I was to the difference in like how connected I can be now and how generous I can be and how loving I can be is just like, Oh my God. Yes. The gift is that I have gotten to connect now in ways that so many people don't ever get to because I've worked so hard for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that feels really, really meaningful. And I love getting to do that in my work and it's come at a, it's come at a cost. I mean, the other loss is that, you know, I, I really wanted to have a family. I really, really wanted to have kids and to do that life. And that's mm. most likely not going to happen. I can, I get to be a stepmom probably, you know, and like, um, create it in other ways, but I have a lot of grief around how long it took me to come into regulation mm. despite working my butt off since my early twenties, you know, it took a long time. But now I get to be a good mom to myself, (laughs) all of my clients, and um, hopefully plenty of other little ones in my life. But that's a hard one for me. Yeah. And I, I think the work is always holding both, right? Of like, how do I hold grief and joy? How do I hold both of these and let them all be okay? And that's where it's really messy and uncomfortable and hard. And society wants to tell us to be like happy or sad or one or the other, right? And so thank you for sharing that because the grief doesn't go away just because you have amazing gifts to share with the world and that you get to live into those. Like the grief still can be super present. 
Totally. And the biggest gift around coming into regulation and healing is that I can feel my feelings now Mm. and be with them in such a sweet way instead of try to fix them or make them different. And that like, that's enough. Just being with the grief, there's even pleasure in that. Mm. I love that. Elizabeth. I feel like I had to give up everything, Mm. everything or be prepared be prepared to give up everything. Mm. Um, and it really started, I, I feel like that was the nucleus, contained in the nucleus and the seed that got me out was the willingness to consider giving up everything mm. because at some point there was just this seed of, maybe I deserve to be happy. Mm. Like, maybe it gets to be better than this. Maybe I am worth it. Like maybe this isn't all there is. And that is a, that's a seed of self-care, right? That's a seed of, I am important. That's a seed of, I matter. That's right. It was starting from, from there. And, um, knowing that the, the risk to stay, right. The risk to stay and continue Mm -hmm. was higher than the risk to the risk to, to, to choose something else was higher than the risk to say, I'm going to choose this path that feels better to me. This path that says, maybe happiness awaits me. Maybe I get to have a better life than what I have right now, right? I'm going to choose that path knowing that there are risks, right? But, yeah. but it's, it's worth it. It's worth it to pursue it. And I don't know what I might have to give up you know, I really don't think it's going to be my child, you know, but in my case, I've had to face that many times. Like when you're dealing with a malignant narcissist, like that is looming at all times, right? That that could be a possibility. And I work with women who have had that happen and they, they lost their kids and because they were baited by their ex and it's a whole very common pattern that happens. Um, and it seems awful. And at times I was asking myself, what do I really have to go this far to, to do the mindset work around if this terrible, unimaginable thing happened, that's completely against nature. I would still be okay. Like, I'm not asking for it. I don't want it. I don't think this is going to be where it is, but, but facing the fear Right of I don't know I don't know what's going to happen there there are things that I can't control there is right you go into the legal system and it does not work for you it does not work for you it does not protect you it does not help you it does not protect you it does it does none of those things um, in my experience uh, <laughs> with um, divorcing a malignant narcissist that you you don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's scary. It's very, very scary. Um, and my relationship with my son is thriving. It's better than it's ever been. I am a more authentic mother than I've ever been. And our, um, there's so, it's been a, a slow process over the past three years, but um, it's truly like wonderful. And it's shifted so many things. I, into what I didn't think I could have. I didn't think mm-hmm. that I could have this kind of connection. I didn't think that um, that 
my son could do the types of things that he's doing uh, because he was so debilitated by the situation in which we were living. It's gotten so, so much better. So, right. I had to, I had to be prepared for even that terrible, terrible thing. And otherwise I have given up uh, a career or prepared to, yeah, like on the trajectory, it's going to happen. Uh, a career that I spent 15 years building and right. That I just woke up into, this isn't me. I don't want to be here. This isn't my highest form of service. I, right. I, I need to, I spent all this time, but oh, well out the window. Right. I, I went, I made a post the other day where like I had this, all the things I had before I decided to walk away from that situation and that marriage into what I walked into because it looks like I kind of downgraded, right? Like I went from having a doctor doctoral degree to a coaching certification, right? Which is like, if you compare those two in society, it looks very different, but like, it's, it's what I, it's a, the, right. I, it's a shift that I desire to make it. I had to give up this thing that is, a, a falsehood of achievement in society for something that's in alignment with me that allows me to serve that right um, that allows me to bring like all the transmission of all of the learnings that I've had into the world but I had to give up the image of being yeah. a doctor right yeah. um, I had we had this huge home that was so beautiful and like I designed it and it was like all the elements I got to pick out and it was super perfect and um, lived in a two bedroom apartment. Right. You know, and uh, for two and a half years instead. Right. And I am never going to, maybe never, but like, that's not my lifestyle now is having this like gigantic home. Um, And I walked away from like this 13 year, 12 year marriage and then I'm like in my mid thirties and I have a boyfriend, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, this yeah. is not the way life is supposed to evolve. I let go of so many things. I worked for it for so long and built and built these huge projects and I just, they just didn't fit me anymore. And I just let them go. Well, and I think that that, if people let that resonate with them, like that sh- should's not the right word, but resonates with most people because it's yeah. such an illusion that life is supposed to look a certain way or that when you have these check, check off the boxes that then yeah. you're happy if this, then that mentality, which is mm-hmm. how much of the world operates, but I'm just like, and then everyone's completely unfulfilled and unhappy, you know? Exactly. And so it, I love that you portray that picture of what that was in the quote unquote downgrading because it's all a mindset of how in your perspective, right? Of what you choose to look at. And you could choose to look at this of like, oh my gosh, I've completely downgraded my life. But obviously you're not. You're choosing to say like, I am 10 times whatever, insert the number happier. And I am more myself than I've ever been. And that is completely worth it. Yeah. 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 And to pursue that, you have to lose a lot of those things that you yeah. built or at least entertain the risk of losing them and be okay with it. Right. Which is so much of like the ego work that unfortunately many people are not willing to look at, right? Because it's it's uncomfortable and it's not always fun, but you know, like that's the deeper work that matters of who are you at the end of the day. Exactly. Sarah. 
Oh my gosh. I had to give up having no boundaries. (laughs) Mm. Um, especially with family members. So when I was going through this process, I went on a trip to go see family and it felt so different. Like everything just felt different. Um, I mean, all of us have some kind of dysfunction with our, you know, immediate families. Right. But for some reason on that particular trip, like everything just felt so amplified and huge. And so, it was like so obvious to me, like I had to take excellent care of myself. I had to be willing to like interrupt conversations Mm -hmm. that were starting to feel dysfunctional or starting to feel manipulative or starting to feel just icky, you know? And so I, that was the biggest thing that I had to give up was like tolerating dysfunctional dynamics and other areas of my life. That was probably one of the biggest things that I had to give up. But the nice thing about that was that it was sort of like, it became so obvious and so apparent. It was like, I couldn't not do it. So it didn't really feel hard to give that up. It just felt necessary and obvious in a way that it never really had before. So that was kind of an interesting, (laughs) you know, thing to notice. Um, but that's one of the things that I, um, had to give up almost immediately. Mm -hmm. It was like, I'm not willing to be uncomfortable, like Mm -hmm. to please you. Like that was kind of the motto. It was like, I'm not willing to be uncomfortable for you. And I'm not willing to, um, to feel like terrible in a conversation that I don't need to be having. Right. So that was a big thing. How were you able to stick with that? Did you feel like you had support in that or like, how did you really navigate that? I think, yeah, I had support. I definitely had support. Um, how did I navigate that? I just, I mean, I, how did I navigate that? I don't know. Like it just felt so obvious that it Mm. wasn't, it wasn't that challenging to navigate for me. It was just something that I knew that I had to do. But um, so yeah, giving up like kind of this old like mode of just pleasing and like being nice, <laughs> you know, uh, or yeah. I, so maybe that's the biggest thing was like being nice in situations where I didn't feel like I was, you know, experiencing kindness from another person necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, or, you know, somebody wasn't necessarily going out of their way to make me feel comfortable or to make me feel safe. Like, so bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the moment, right? Sure. Well, and I think that's so important to hear because a lot of us are either people pleasers or have been people pleasers. And those are really hard habits to break because yeah. it feels uncomfortable. We feel like you know, we should be a certain way and we don't want to offend people and we want, we still want to be liked in that trap of, you know, all of that people pleasing behavior. And yet we know we have to take care of ourselves as the first priority. Like sometimes you reach a point where you're finally just like, yeah, this has to go. Like there's no choice. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. And so, I mean, it was awkward and it was messy. And a lot of times I didn't always have the perfect thing to say. Sometimes I would find myself being like, yeah, I just kind of, you know, like I'm just done with this conversation. 
now <laughs> and it's not personal. And yeah. I just really kind of need to get off the phone or whatever it is. I'm just using yeah. that as an example. Um, but I just didn't make being nice in situations where I felt uncomfortable, my priority anymore. Mm. And it just like the relief of that was so, it was like, oh my gosh, like, how have I not been doing this already? (laughs) But it's like, that's, that's what happens when we're in an abusive relationship is we please, we feel like we just, you know, it's like, okay, I'll just be, I'll just take responsibility all the time for what's happening. And I'll just be responsible for how I feel all the time. And I won't ever make it anybody else's job, you know, to make me feel good or to make me feel a certain way. It was like this strange, like distorted, you know, view of empowerment, which was like really toxic and really dysfunctional and not, um, you know, not helpful, but yet like, that's the state that I was living in. And so I think leaving the relationship and then realizing like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this in so many relationships and so many areas of my life. And I just, it was just like this major light bulb. Like I cannot do this with anybody anymore ever. Uh, Yeah. Oh my goodness, this episode, so good as always, real and raw and honest in terms of the ups and downs of life. And my goal with all of these episodes is to A, let you know that you're not alone and B, give you a whole lot of permission to feel your feelings, to have the range of the human experience And also know that you get to decide and choose what kind of life you will live, that you get to choose to free yourself and believe that the magic and the power lies within yourself. And so with that, I hope it inspires you, it encourages you, but if it pisses you off, if it triggers you, that's okay too. I know for a really long time, I didn't quite understand how I didn't have to be a victim of my circumstances, of how I could change the narrative and change the story and change my thoughts. And so I hope in listening to all four of these stories that the women shared, that you find yourself in a piece of them, that you find you are able to find strength within yourself that you didn't know existed. And If you can't yet, that's okay too. I hope that you will just be really, really kind to wherever you are in the journey and know that the path is always more grace. It's always more kindness. It it feels so often like the path should be beating ourselves up or being angry with where we are and how we're not further along or how we don't have it figured out yet or all the BS stuff that our brain wants to convince us that society wants to convince us is the way. And my goal is for you to know that you are exactly where you need to be and all the magic lies inside of you. And it's cliche and it might be annoying. It might trigger you and that's okay too. But if it does, like, can you get curious 
Can you sit with the uncomfortable feelings? Can you decide that you get to be whoever you want to be? And can you get so damn honest with yourself about what you need to get there? And maybe that's some love and support and care in a different way. And maybe that's some extra time with yourself and self-care and journaling and meditating and yoga and prayer. And maybe it's hiring support so that you can change your story and change what is possible for you. So I always want you to feel inspired, encouraged, and cared for in hearing these stories, but also challenged to know that you can have a different life if that's what you desire, Um, but that you also don't have to. You get to choose to be happy now with all the ups and downs of life that we're all thrown. None of us are exempt. So... I would love nothing more than to support you, to jump on the phone with you, to dive into what your stories might be of where you feel a bit trapped or caught or stuck in wounds and like let's let's unlock the magic. Um the reality is is that none of us do this work alone. We we really can't heal a lot of our wounds by ourselves. We are made for relationship and we need relationship. And so I choose to change the conversation around support around asking for help around seeking out that which we want. And so I would love, love, love to jump on the phone with you this week, next week, whenever it is that you listen to this so that you can get the support you need to unlock that magic that I know is in you. So don't let your brain talk you out of it. Jump on the phone, head on over to my website. I would be so honored to talk to you. So know that you are deeply cared for. You are not on this journey by yourself and there is no need to try to do it alone. So find comfort in that and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Set Yourself Free podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here supporting me and supporting these incredibly brave guests. If you can do me a favor and take one minute to share this episode with someone that needs to hear it, I would be so grateful. And if you are willing, please go leave us a review. Each month, I will be choosing a reviewer to give a free session to as a thank you for listening. One thing I know for certain in this lifetime is that we will forever be as sick as our secrets. Shame has no ability to grow when we share our stories in safe places. I'm more encouraged than you could possibly know by those that are willing to speak up and help all of us know that we are not alone. So don't forget, head on over to my website at setyourselffreellc.com, grab your free journal, and book a free 30-minute call with me to talk about the number one mindset block stopping you from the life you want and one thing you can do this week to shift it. Thanks again for being here and we will see you next week.